Let's Talk Native is produced at the Eltian Studios on the Cataraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. There you go, and welcome to Let's Talk Native. I'm John Kane. I'm your host, and I'm going to talk about something I've never really addressed. It's 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 a phenomenon that exists out there, and I have certainly been the victim of it. But what I'm going to talk about is tone policing, and and of course I would be a victim of tone policing because my tone sometimes can come across as sarcastic or aggressive or dismissive, I suppose. All the things that somebody can say about my tone um, is what makes me a candidate for what is being called tone policing. And I'll give you a, a good definition. And um, it says tone policing is when one is one of many ways that dominant culture polices people of color. It's often used, whether subconsciously or, or intentionally, to put this person back in their place. It doesn't just attempt to discredit what the person is saying. It implies that they are not worthy of the time and attention until they play by the rules of the oppressor. And these rules are often rooted in sexist and racist ideals of how marginalized people are supposed to act in society today. And, that, and that's a good definition because what I found in, you know, not just with the mascot issue, but in many of the, the issues that I confront here on this program and or in person, there are some people who are immediately put off because they have a standard and that standard is de determined by white people. It is part of that systemic racism. They have a system that if you operate outside that system, that you have now not just discredited yourself, as, as I mentioned, but you've, you've made yourself unworthy of any attention whatsoever. I've experienced this with, with my battle with my old high school over the mascot issue. I've had some people say, well, you know, even if your message was worth listening to, once you belittled our community, you became unlistenable. And, uh, and you, you, you voided, your opinion has been voided because you have, you have come across as too aggressive. Yeah. And I've, I've literally had people say, because they want to paint me as, as a racist. And one of the, the places that, I, that I've <laughs> been experiencing this the most is when I did a program on apples and pretendians and just mentioning the word apple and its usage that that native people and i don't use it often but but that it that it's part of the vernacular just like oreo and coconut are for for black and brown people um the fact that i use that word in relationship to the native family in cambridge that is that is defending the mascot uh there are white folks out in cambridge oh that that was a racist thing that you did 
And because you are a racist, we can dismiss anything you have to say. That is by that's textbook tone policing. And and of course, the problem is if me as a native person, I actually refer to another native person as an apple, which I didn't actually do. But if I did, that's not racist. Racism is about and I've said this before, it's about power. It's about a belief that you are superior simply because of the race that you are, that you are that you, the race determines superiority. Now, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, but I would argue that we can get into a scientific discussion about whether race exists or certainly that race determining somebody's intelligence or, you know, or superiority in any way is, you know, is, is debunked. It's debunked by science. So if any person criticizes somebody within what is identified as their, their own race, that's not racism. I mean, it might be offensive and it may be meant to be insulting or, you know, or derogatory and, and it may be prejudicial, but to suggest that it's racist is simply born out of not understanding what racism is. But see, that is one of the mechanisms that the dominant culture, the, the, the culture that can be racist because they have the systems skewed towards them and they make up the rules about what is appropriate. It is how the dominant culture can immediately, you know, target somebody's um, conversation or their tone uh, and say that, the, that nothing they say should matter. And, and again, not just discrediting the message, not just discrediting the, the, the messenger, but, but suggesting that that messenger is not worthy of any attention to their conversation. And of course, in a situation like my old high school, you know, I brought much of this attention to the, you know, uh, you know, to, to Cambridge. I'm not the only person who's ever brought up the mascot issue. It's, it's something that has been, you know, debated or at least contested at the state level for over 20 years. But because I formally asked for this, you know, it, the question ends up being, do I have a right to, to ask this? And of course, there are a lot of other things that come into this idea of tone policing. You know, it's like, there's the whole other-ism, you know, am I one of them? So is there anything that I could say that would not violate the, the, the so-called tone police? Because I got to tell you, one of the board members at the last board meeting literally stood up in or you know spoke out in this board meeting and suggested that I had yelled at them and that I had belittled the town and and of course uh, that's textbook tone policing you know and and I asked other board members I said did you think I yelled at you did you think I belittled your town because I thought it was very clear that that I thought Cambridge as a community was better than this and that correcting this mascot issue was something that was going to improve the community. I wasn't doing it to take something away. And look, on my last program, I, I flat out said, yeah, there's some assholes out there in Cambridge. I didn't say they're all assholes. In fact, they're not. I mean, there are some really, really good people out in, in Cambridge. And there are people that I've known for, you know, you know, for 40 years, you know, 50 years out there still. And, and many of them are still close friends of mine. Um, and I've, I've made new friends. I've also made some enemies out there, but, 
But I think this whole tone policing thing, and and look, this could be, this isn't just about uh, race issues. This could be take come in the form of any kind of uh, kind of bigotry, I guess. And it's always going to be the dominant culture that tries to create the rules by which they should be engaged. And you know, and look, this this gets down to things like, well, you know, the United States. Um, essentially rejecting the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples because they say it'll undermine their their remedies for conflict. Well, their remedies are their court. So if we try to address these issues outside of what they designate the remedies, that's, uh, that's another form of tone policing. So obviously people spilling out into the streets uh, with Black Lives Matter, the, one of the biggest problems that white people have with that is, is the tone the tone of their uh, of their protest. And and of course they would find any means possible to discredit anybody who's saying what they're fighting for is justice. Because it doesn't meet the white standard for what is the what is the proper way to to address a conflict. I mean, and let's be clear, begging white people to give up some of their white privilege has never worked. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't solve any problems. It didn't, you know, that's not what fixed, you know, that was not what the civil rights fight was about. I mean, look, we do need allies. We do need to turn some, some white people because, you know, they essentially have the, the power in their system. But even as we win some allies, we, we're going to create enemies in doing so. And, so then we get, you know, white people fighting each other. And, and that's what we're experiencing in, you know, seeing it in the United States. That's what I've experienced in, even in the, the, the divide over the mascot issue in, in a little town like Cambridge. I mean, that's a town where 99% of the people are white. So when I go there and, you know, people try to turn into an outsider trying to take something from white people, there's, you know, there are a number of white people saying, no, what he's saying is correct. But then there's other people saying, no, but his tone is all wrong. And that's literally what this board member had said at the, at the last board meeting. He, you know, she said, I don't have a problem with the debate. I don't have a problem with, with addressing this issue. But the way it was brought to us, she said, that activist came to town and he yelled at us and he belittled our town. Well, look, if you have a uh, you know a race-based mascot you are going to get some criticism and if you consider that criticism belittling because the rules that you have for engagement don't allow somebody to actually criticize then then and, and when you don't have a solid argument when you can't defend your position you seek out any means possible to discredit the uh the, the more solid argument and so what you do is you you know, assassinate somebody's character. You you tone police them. You uh, you bring up this whole the old what about isms. You know, oh sure, but what about this? You know, what about Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish? Or, or you know, so you come up with all of these other deflection points because you cannot make the argument that a predominantly white community. Uh, is is appropriate in in grabbing a culture of an oppressed people for their mascot. I mean, there's no compelling argument that you can make for that. So when you don't have an argument, you come up with other ways to dismiss those who do have an argument.
And and this tone policing, look, this has been going on for a long, long time. And, you know, the whole idea of saying, well, you know, the expression uppity, that's exactly where that comes from. You know, the, the idea that white people would refer to black people who speak out as, as being uppity. That's that, you know, that's the, the foundation of what we now call <clears throat> tone policing. So this has been going on for a very long time. I am I'm glad that we live in a time where we can identify and, and actually label some of these uh, these behaviors because once you you put a label to it now you can talk about it i mean in this past week as i was being confronted for <clears throat> my uh my apple comments it was clear and i wasn't even the first person to br- bring it out somebody else on the thread on facebook said you know this is tone policing and and i was i was glad to hear that in fact you know as jake and i were talking talking about it during the last show he brought it up as you know as a specific label to what you know what i was experiencing and i'll admit i've heard the expression but i never used it or and i never identified it specifically uh, as i should have so now i am and now i'm trying to introduce you because look if you're an activist especially if you're an activist of color you're going to experience this but here's the thing we shouldn't be beat down by this. I'm not going to change my tone because somebody is trying to tone police me. In fact, I told people on Cambridge, look, if you need, if you're, if you agree with me and, but you feel like you got to create some distance between you and you and I, because of what is, what some are perceiving as bad tone, <laughs> then, then by all means, as because, I got to tell you, my tone isn't going to get better. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, to accommodate the tone police. I'm going to speak out and I will speak out more aggressively. Now, look, I'm not going to you know, curse people out in public. And, and I, honestly, I don't think that I've been unpleasant about this issue. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've used the, I've called some people assholes lately. <laughs> and, and I have rec- you know, pointed out that racism exists. I've never said that Cambridge was a racist town. But racism is being demonstrated out there. There's no question about that. And the practice of using a race-based mascot is it's a racist practice. But I've always said there are things that people can do that are, that are racist in nature. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they are racist. And, and I, and I got to qualify that because some people say, no, if you, if you partake in, in a racist behavior, then you're racist. Well, I come back to the, to the, the difference between ignorance and willful ignorance. There are some people who believe certain things because they've never, they've never had to confront their beliefs because that's what they were told. It's what they were taught. It's the environment they, they grew up in. But once you know, I mean, I, you know, I posted a meme once and I said, you know, the only thing more racist than, than white people using a native mascot is the response when you tell them it's wrong. Because that's when it really accelerates. That's when the, the camps divide. Because once you tell them, no, what you've been doing is wrong. And, and then if you say, go farther than that, if you say, not only is it wrong, but it's racist. Oh, man, you know, white people lose their mind. You know, and, and of course, they always say, well, you're playing the race card. <clears throat> Look, the reason I call the use of native mascots a race-based mascot because by the definition that white people have come up with for, for races, I mean, to say that Native people aren't a race, well, okay, we can get into that debate. But we're certainly being defined as a distinct people with Native American, you know, or Native or Indigenous or whatever the label is. We're not called Indians anymore. 
yeah, I know the word still exists in the American vernacular. And if you look it up on Webster's, it'll say that, you know, that, it, that it's meant to me. They'll even say that it means a Native American. <laughs> but, you know, because the word on its own doesn't stand. So, but we, we get into these, you know, into these debates over, uh, over not only what is the, the appropriate word, but again, what is the appropriate tone? So I guess what, what I want to make sure that people understand is even though this tone policing exists, we shouldn't accommodate it. We shouldn't, if, if we need to speak out aggressively, or maybe we don't speak out at all, if we take to the streets, and if that sends you know, too aggressive a tone to the, you know, to the rule makers about what is the appropriate way to engage, I say we, we create our own rules. And, and we have to speak out. And I don't think that we need to necessarily you know, um, attack everybody who doesn't see things exactly our way. But I, I think we do have to be aggressive about it and assertive. And not, maybe not aggressive, maybe assertive. And see, that's what is you know, that's what they called uppity. The idea that you're asserting something that defies the white man's norms. And this is where tone policing comes in. So I look, I encourage people to, to look it up. You can find multiple articles about, you know, tone policing and tone police and that kind of stuff. I think it's important that as activists or, and frankly, as anybody who wants to engage somebody in a subject, we should know what it is. And, and call it out immediately. And, you know, if somebody says, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't like the way you said that. I mean, I, I think we should call it out. I say, well, yeah, and, and that's called tone policing. That's when you don't think I should speak about this subject matter in a way that upsets you or that confronts your idea. What is the appropriate, what is the appropriate way to address racism? I mean, are we just supposed to be nice about it? And, and, and are we supposed to be patient? You know, look, the, the, the old expression that says justice uh, delayed is de justice denied. If you think that we have to wait and we have to like peck away at, you know, at, you know, at whether it's the mascot issue or any other, you know, uh, act of racism, I guess, that, that, that Native people or people in general experience. No, I, we have to. We ha we're going to, to say things that, that white people are going to be upset by. And frankly, not just white people. Because... The dominant culture also can influence people who are not a part of that racial background. And that's why we have na Native people that will, will side with the, you know, with the, the race-based mascot issue. Or we'll have you know, some black people that will side with it. But the, the thing is, when, when white people are going to judge, uh, judge other people, you know, Native people or black people, on how we are permitted to address an issue... That's you know, that in in of itself is racism. That is the whole idea of of you know white supremacy and white privilege, and the fact that they have to resort to tone police though, or, or being tone police, is actually where white supremacy and white privilege devolve and diminish to white fragility. I mean, just the idea that somebody will deflect away from the the, the main part of an argument by Saying, well, yeah, I don't have a problem with, with the, you know, confronting the issue, but I, but I do have a problem with the tone. I do have the problem that, that I'm feeling uncomfortable with, with, the, with the debate because of the way the debate is taking place. I mean, that is, you know, that is classically, you know, what, what is defined as tone policing. 
So while I think that we, when, when we broach these subjects, I think we need to be factual. I, you know, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be emotional. But I think we should not immediately back off because somebody thinks, you know, says our tone is wrong. I, I think we have to defend, defend not only the principle that we're fighting for, but we have to defend our right to fight it in the way that we fight it. We have to defend our right to speak out in the way that we feel comfortable speaking out. I mean, I, I don't think that I should, I should have to, you know, ask permission from a white person how I should address an argument. Tone policing is, is not, um, it, it's not a legitimate position by white folks. So the, the whole idea of saying your argument is valid, but the way you're saying it invalidates your argument, it, that's, that's false. That, that is deflection. And that, that is attributed to the weakness of their argument. So, I mean, in fact, our emotion and our tone is necessary to, to fight these issues. I mean, if we come across too soft and, and too nice about it, it's almost like there's no urgency. So in the absence of us having perhaps a, a harsher tone than white people are accepting of, we, we actually portray it as it's not that big a deal. So no, I, I think our assertive tone <laughs> being uppity is necessary. So, I mean, I, I, again, having really experienced and not for the first time, but in a, in a big way over the, over the last, you know, several weeks and actually months as it relates to this mascot issue, um, you know, having been, been tone policed and oftentimes illegitimately. So, I mean, when, when somebody says that I, that I somehow was not nice about it, I, frankly, I thought I was pretty nice, but what it tells me is that Regardless of whether I communicate in a real diplomatic fashion, the tone police are going to come out anyway. So why not take the gloves off? Why not be more assertive? And, you know, and, and I've had allies of mine saying, well, maybe we shouldn't call it racism. I've actually had a few people who are close to me say, we shouldn't keep referring to it as a race-based mascot because it has that word race in it. And that, and, and that immediately, you know, is off-putting to white people. And look, if you're uncomfortable saying race-based mascot, then by all means, don't say it. I mean, especially if you're white. I mean, I, I get it. But for, for, to suggest that somehow even calling a the use of a native mascot a race-based mascot, that, 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 that somehow incorporates too much of, a, of, a, of an assertive tone to white people? Please. So, no. We need to not only assert our positions, but we have to do it regardless of tone policing. We have to demonstrate our emotion and sometimes our anger and our frustration. But don't mistake any of that for weakness. I mean, the reality is, you know, white folks, you know, having their, you know, demonstrating their white fragility over our tone it took us a long time to get here to where we can actually show how, you know, uh, uh, again, how weak the, the, the white position is on some of these arguments. 
And their demonstration of white fragility is, is a win for us. You know, when they, when they have to resort to trying to, you know, argue our tone, they've already lost the argument. And look, I didn't go back to Cambridge and raise this issue because I thought I was going to win a popularity contest. In fact, I will say that I'm somewhat, you know, amazed at uh, um, some of the new friends that I've made. I'm a little disappointed some of my old friends have, you know, you know, are huddling in the dark corners on this. But you know, I didn't ask them to step up. I, I you know, I did ask a few people to sign sign a petition or sign a letter. And look, my friends did. But that's about as far as some of them wanted to go. And and, and I get that. Look, I don't live out there. You know, so I can go out, go out there and, and offend some people with my tone <laughs> and then come back home. But the other thing I also need, I think it's important to tell, just because we speak out on these issues in assertive ways, it doesn't mean that somehow we are miserable people. That's, that's the other thing. You know, when I hear the tone police saying, well, are you somehow, are you angry because you're jealous or because you're, you're envious of how white people live? No. No, not that's that's not why I, I my tone is not satisfying to you. In fact, I look at the way a lot of people live and I'm thinking, man, what a terrible way to live. I mean, when I when I look in, in Cambridge in particular, some of the problems that exist out there and, and in many of the I mean, Lancaster, the same thing. Another school that we were you know battling this mascot issue, the the number of, of, of white folks who were dying because of drug, you know, drug overdoses was incredible. And so the vulnerabilities of what's happening socially in, in many of these white communities has nothing to do with, with native people or, or people or brown people. They're struggling with their own issues there that have nothing to do. So the fact that we, that I bring this issue up to someplace like Cambridge or, or Lancaster or anyplace else, you know, or Illinois, I'm going to, you know, speak to, to one of the schools out there just this evening. The fact that, that we even have, you know, these conversations, they are opportunities to fix some of the low-hanging fruit. Look, I understand substance abuse is tough. Depression is tough. Some of the mental illness that, that, that communities, that, you know, are, are, you know, are almost experiencing in an epidemic proportion. I'm not even talking about the pandemic here. COVID-19, not even talking about that, but, but the idea that, that what kids are experiencing, you know, with, with, you know, bigotry and, and racism and bullying and, and, you know, being attacked, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, not just tone policing, but being attacked. Look, these are challenges that, that do push people into depression and do push people into substance abuse. And these are all issues that, that we're all confronting them. But you know what? Sometimes that low-hanging fruit to solve a problem, like changing a school's mascot or, or addressing, you know, look, there's, oftentimes there's a battle over you know, taking some of the offensive names off, like squaw off of a, of, of, of a road or a river or a bay or a mountain. These are easy things to fix. And they're all justifiable to fix. So why not fix some of these things? So in a world where there's, there's so many tensions, we can't like feel good about making a correction.
But instead, the emotions that are being, you know, exposed and run and, you know, run bare over a school mascot. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something therapeutic about some of the some of the white folks rallying around this issue. Unfortunately, it may feel good while you're fighting it now, but in the end, it's going to go away. And it doesn't have to be this winners and losers, winner take all kinds of thing. I mean, look, the, the mascots are going away. I mean, and they're going away at a steady pace. The Washington football team changed its name. The Cleveland baseball team changed its name. And you know what? They got changed because we didn't mind our tone. We spoke out aggressively. And look, they didn't change them because of our aggressive tone. What they changed them for was because some of the financial interests heard our tone. They saw us on the street with Black Lives Matter. They, they heard, they saw what was coming. And they pressured Washington and Cleveland to change their names. Hell, we've been trying to do it for, for decades, for 50, 60 years. And it's only because our emotions did get put on display that the moneyed interest, the financial interest behind these professional teams were forced to respond. So, again, be aware what tone policing is. And don't back down when, when, you're, when you're confronted by it. But understand that you are going to evoke that response from, especially from the dominant culture, from white people who have no other argument against what you're saying. When you're taking a position, of, whether it's LGBTQ issues or whether it's you know, social justice or racial equity or you know, the mascot issue, whatever it is, when they don't have a compelling argument a convincing excuse or reason to maintain a certain behavior, they will resort to tone policing. But don't back down. Hold your own. I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. We'll see you next time. Yahweh. No